Hello and welcome along to Racing Debate. Uh, myself and Mr Matt Chapman, we here. have a packed hour. So much to squeeze into mm. today's programme. Where should we start? Let's start BHA headquarters. Sometimes since they've allowed me in there, uh, Boise. But of course, interference rules are big news. The whip is going to be big news this week. Yes, the WIC consultation expected to report on Tuesday. We're going to be joined by Brand Dunshay. We'll be talking to him largely about the stewarding of the sport, the regulation of race riding. It's been so much in the news. We're still waiting for the ammo appeal uh, for the Norfolk result. Lots to get stuck into on that. Yeah, and we will speak to Rob Hornby. He's turned into a Group 1 locomotive. <laughs> look at this. Absolutely fantastic. Ever since he got the Chapman seal of approval. Yeah, look at that. Rawr! And he didn't even cause any interference after the line. Brilliant. Uh, Rob will join us later on in the show, as will Asheen Murphy. He's going to join us as well. We'll get his views on some of the talking points from the week in the world of racing. But Asheen Murphy is also getting on his bike for a very good cause. I'm hoping he's bought one by now. I'm not sure he had one last time. No, well, he's got plenty. Lots to talk about in Racing Debate. I tell you what, there's a lot to get stuck into. We're going to have to keep it sharp. I'm looking at you. Uh, lots to get stuck into. Your views are welcome as well. Emails and I'm tweets. I'm not laughing. You can tweet us at, at the races on Twitter. We are also um, at Sky Sports Racing on Twitter. And you can email us right here in this studio, racing at skysports.com, which is a good way to get in touch because that will flop onto our our desktops or a desktop nearby uh, during the course of the programme. So lots of ways to get in touch. We've already been polling you touch of deja vu's about this one but it remains in the news slightly controversial stewards at uh, Newmarket arguably just uh, two days ago does racing's interference uh, oh, do racing's interference rules need reforming that should be uh, yes 88 percent no <laughs> somebody's had a shocker there uh, but very similar outcome to what we normally get which is yeah the interference rules uh, need reform lots of trainers and jockeys and current trainers and former trainers and owners uh, capital r's not great either is it well, that one we can debate, but um, <laughs> yeah, the other one we can't. Um, Not sure we can debate the capital R, to be honest. But anyway, we move on, Sean. We do, because we have the chief regulatory officer of the BHA, which is Brant Dunshay, um, joining us uh, live. Uh, welcome along, Brant. Thank you. For... Sean. He's back. Morning, he is indeed. We appreciate your time, Brant, on a Sunday morning, as ever. Um, sure. This issue doesn't seem to go away, and in fact, it seems to me, given the, in, the contributions of various trainers, owners, uh, jockeys, former jockeys, and the events on the course and, and, and the debacle um, with the Lancashire Oaks, that the regulation of race riding appears to be in crisis. Look, Sean, I, I mean, what I want to say is that... Uh, we have full confidence in our team on the ground who are there day in, day out, making these decisions. Now, specifically in relation to the to the Havlin case, I think that demonstrated a very proper and thorough process in that a decision was taken on the day, the stewards formed a particular view, but then there is a process that enables um, the BHA to review and uh, ultimately, in this instance, make a decision that uh, it was appropriate that the penalty that was imposed was quashed. Now, in 2016, there was a review of the interference uh, penalties, uh, which saw an uh, adjustment to uh, the penalty regime and a greater emphasis placed on the more serious offences. 
Again, then in 2019, there was a full rewrite of the rules. And at that time, uh, it was it was a view of stakeholders that there shouldn't be any changes to the to the rules in relation to um, the rewrite. Uh, and uh, at the moment, we are committed to a review of the penalty framework. That's been a matter we've had discussions with the PJA uh, with over the past six to twelve months, um, and that will take place in the second half of this year. So. Um, I don't think it's right to uh, categorise the present situation as a crisis, uh, but of course the BHA are always open to sitting down with stakeholders and uh, understanding everyone's views and then making adjustments if necessary. Yeah, you, you mentioned adjustments have been made in, in the past, in the recent past, Brand, to, to, to um, some, some aspects of the rules, but maybe it's the penalties. Uh, because what we're talking about really is the deterrent factor, it seems to me, because um, Ed Walker and Huey Morrison, actually they're, 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 theirs was more about the rules themselves, but former riders, uh, trainers like Stuart Williams I've seen chiming in on this saying, there's no deterrent to a rider riding badly, uh, even though the, the rules exist and the rules could be enforced um, effectively, but there is no deterrent. Why, why would I bother keeping my horse straight? Why would I bother trying to prevent interference if the penalty is not su sufficient to deter me from doing so? Right. So it's a, it's a good point, Sean. And what I would say is that uh, there is a deterrent there. But the question we have to ask ourselves is the deterrent sufficient enough at the moment in the present circumstances to uh, deter jockeys from uh, taking perhaps a little more care? You know, we have to acknowledge that um, we uh, have some of the greatest jockeys in the world, the most skillful jockeys in the world. And, you know, 90 5% of the time, uh, they're riding safely and um, in accordance with the rules. Uh, what I would say is that uh, things have changed in recent years. For example, uh, the penalty framework that's in place to act as a deterrent now uh, was one which was developed prior to the uh, changes that have come in through COVID. So, for example, back prior to COVID, the jockeys were able to, to um, ride at multiple fixtures or you know two fixtures in a day uh, and at that time um, the penalty sanctions that were in place uh, had a greater effect than perhaps they do now because at the moment jockeys are only permitted to ride at one fixture a day so there's an adjustment that's taken place which which i think i'd have to accept has affected perhaps the level of deterrence and they're the sorts of things that will uh, be included in the discussion that we'll have regarding uh, penalties and the, and the sanction framework over okay. the second half of this year. I do have to go back to one point that you made in your initial uh, answer, uh, Brant, where you said, perhaps not unexpectedly, you have full confidence in your stewards yes. on the ground. And then you yes. went on to talk about having to rescind uh, the result yeah. in, the, in the Lancashire Oaks. How can you say those two things in the same breath? How can you have full faith in the system and in the people operating it when we had a result which was so apparently incorrect that nearly everyone in the entire sport agreed that it was incorrect and you had to step in and correct the, the stewards on the ground. How can you have confidence in, in that example of stewarding? Decision making is a very subjective thing. One of the reasons you have a quorum or a panel of stewards uh, of three to determine a matter is to ensure that you, uh, as best you can, have a consistent approach to the application of the rules. Now, the stewards that were involved in this particular case, uh, you know, had, had more than 50 years' experience between them. Uh, what, what we do know is that the, the, the two angles, the head-on and the rear angle, um, 
told slightly conflicting stories. And in this instance, the stewards had preferred the um, the the angle from behind, which was wasn't a direct uh, rear on angle. So when when these things decisions are being made on a race day um, with you know, a reasonable short time frame. They have to weigh all of the evidence up and make a decision. So why change that? Why change that result? Well, a review panel had the opportunity to spend far more time uh, reviewing it in its entirety. And what's entirely appropriate, and this is where the process point is really important to bear in mind, is that this is about fairness. So if there is um, some doubt, uh, and, and that was the case when the, the panel, uh, the review panel uh, considered it, then it should be afforded to the, to the jockey, and Mr. Havlin was afforded that benefit, uh, and the decision was taken under the rules to quash it. May I suggest, Brent, that in this kind of instance, the easiest way to do it, when you have quite a difficult situation, and we know the stewards are under pressure to rush out results, and in this instance, clearly they were going to let the result stand, I think, so... But after that, they didn't need to rush going through the video. They, they, they could have taken longer, like a review panel. There was no need to ban the jockey that afternoon. They could have reconvened on the Monday after and said, look, this is tricky. We want to take a proper look at this. Why is there that feeling to rush out bans? Because, you've, to be honest, you've had quite a few overturned recently, lengthy bans from jockeys. I can think of two other jockeys who were banned for, I think, 10 and 12 days who had their bans quashed. We've had this what many of us would feel yeah. was a ridiculous situation. Why can't we just change it? That Yes, OK, get the result sorted out as quickly as possible. But in what would be described as tricky situations, we are happy for you to say, look, we'd like to refer that to next week and when people have more time to go through it all. Uh, I wouldn't disagree with him, Matt. I, I think, uh, and, and we do as part of our process, clearing the race in terms of interference is the priority for stewards. Then dealing with any subsequent uh, breach of the rules, uh, we and we encourage stewards to do so, can take as long as it is required. Um, I mean, I've, I've worked as a steward over many years and, and I've had examples where I've issued a charge and then on further reflection later in that day, you would withdraw the charge prior to concluding the inquiry. So those sorts of things, that the, there is scope there for those sorts of things to happen. I think, you know, more than, more than anything else, it is important to ensure that the process is fair. And I agree with you, we should never rush decisions. We should take the time that is necessary to make the right decisions. And that's what we encourage our stewards to do during our, our, uh, our training that we, we um, deliver to all stewards across the country. I mean, Boise, the, the, being fair is obviously what everyone wants. Everyone yeah. wants the right decision. But we're going to be talking about the whip very shortly as well. All of it boils down to trust. That's what it... The whip boils down to trust. Interference boils down to trust. I personally think that the head of the Jockeys Association, Ian McMahon, who I've not heard a single word from since he became head of the Jockeys Association, for me, the BHA branch should be going to him and saying, look, you've got to get your guys and girls into a room, Ryan Moore, all of them, and say to them, look, you are, you have all of this in your hands. You can stop this. You can stop us disqualifying you. You can stop us banning you for two months, but you have the power. And if you do not do this, all hell is going to break loose. So that's one thing I'd say there. I, I just feel, it, I, I feel the it, jockeys have the power here and maybe, the head of the Jockeys Association and the BHA are not 
getting together enough and banging their heads and saying, look, sort it out. What about that, Brent? In, fa in fairness, Matt, uh, what, what I would say um, regarding Ian and, and Dale Gibson uh, in particular, we have been facilitating those sessions with the jockeys and we have been having... We have regular meetings. Both it's not getting through, Brandon, if you have. Informal. Well, I mean, that, that may be the view, but uh, we have those sessions with, with senior jockeys, with other, you know, other less experienced jockeys, and we do it regularly. In fact, probably more regularly than many of our other stakeholder bodies. So we are working together with the PJA because, and, and they do understand it, they absolutely understand it. And, um, you know, in terms of the whip that you referred to earlier, you know, we, we had incredible contributions through that process. Um, I, th I, th from, I, I from think you're right, Brandon, they do understand it. In my conversations with Dale and others, I think they're very supportive of, of, of proper regulation of race riding. But as Matt says, when it comes to the heat of battle out on the race course, not everyone is playing ball. This is what Seb Sanders had to say on our channel just the other day, Brandon. Just have a quick listen to this. We've got to find a way of stopping them doing this because there's going to be a crash soon and it's going to cost someone their life or a horse a life. It's going to be, you know, why have we got to wait for something serious to happen? Um, we've worked with Freddie. We know what can happen. Um, and it's, it's not good. How can we say we've improved stewarding when we had a proper barge up at the weekend and now no-one's going to get done for it? No, no, it's nobody's fault. It was accidental. Get, get a coat. Get, get my coat. It's <laughs> absolute rubbish. That's, I mean, yeah, there was an absolute sure carve up at the weekend, and now nobody's going to get done. It's not good enough. Are they suspending the stewards? Are they standing down the stipendries that were on on the day? Are they telling them, telling us that they're not doing their job properly? We, there's meant to be, we're meant to be the best in the world, but that's not the best in the world. I think we're a, a laughing stock at the moment with what's been going on. Brings us back to our first point, Brandon. What Seb said there, I'm hearing from other people as well. You know, as I said, trainers. You know, we had the appeal from Ed Walker and Huey Morrison. He said what, what, what was done on the racetrack, regardless of what the rules definition, was potentially dangerous. Ammo racing with a Norfolk appeal, where in, on the world stage we saw a ride that took out a large part of the field. What Seb is saying there is that sooner or later there is going to be a catastrophic outcome of failing to grasp this nettle. He has a point, doesn't he? What I would say is that in, in 2019, when we rewrote the rules, we made a commitment not to uh, make any changes. But that doesn't mean that there isn't an opportunity for us to look at it and reflect on it and, and possibly make some changes. So, you know, when you look at what happens in other jurisdic jurisdictions, there, there are um, different definitions in terms of uh, how interference is defined. So, you know, for example, uh, you might see in Hong Kong, there is a, a reckless riding, which doesn't have to meet the bar of dangerous riding, but is certainly more serious than your cause you're careless and your improper. So, you know, those sorts of things are, can, they're, they're discussions that, that can be had and we're prepared to have uh, and sit down with stakeholders and go through. Do you accept that that's now necessary. I, I, I take the point you've made it a few times, Brant, that you've, you've fairly recently revisited the rules, but it does appear to me that we are in crisis. We're seeing more amended results than ever. Uh, the number of amended results has gone up, as we've discussed, uh, you and I, Brant, on previous programmes. We've got these high-profile cases. We've got experienced horsemen and women saying, this is no good. A an accident is around the corner. Are you, are you accepting that maybe we do? There is now an imperative to look at this before something terrible happens. What I would say is that we've had, yes, we've had a, a number of issues in the last eight, 12 weeks. The six months prior to that, we barely had an appeal. 
So what I would say is we, we need to ensure that in looking at this, we do it in a very thorough way that ensures we're not reacting to um, a small number of incidents that have come along at just this particular moment. What we need to do is ensure that whatever we do is fit for purpose, not just at Royal Ascot or, or at, at you know, Haydock or wherever it may be, but it has to service us through all fixtures all of the year. And that, that said means we need to, you know, take a very balanced approach to how we um, work through any sort of um, reassessment of, of the need for change. I mean, it's very simple, isn't it, Brad? Stiffer punishments. You've just got to introduce stiffer punishments. I'll be stunned if you don't. You've just got to. Look, none of us want the best horses disqualified because that's just such a ridiculous road. It not only messes it all up for punters, it messes the breed up if you start disqualifying easy group winners who are going to be stallions and, and mares producing. The whole game becomes a shambles if you start disqualifying horses. But, but you've just, I mean, it's just simple, isn't it? If you know you're going to lose your driving licence, if you speed too much, you don't speed. And it's the same with this. If you know you're going to lose two months of the season or a month of the season, you're not, you're going to switch your whip, you're going to put your whip down, you're going to correct with your reins, you're just not going to risk it. It's, it's so simple, isn't it? It's punishments. The, the deterrent factor is incredibly important. I agree, Matt. And, you know, it is something that we will look at through this, uh, you know, sanction penalty review. Absolutely. It, it acts as the deterrent. And whilst we, we respect and understand that our, our jockeys are, uh, that's their living, um, we have to ensure that we strike a balance. It's very difficult um, to get that balance right, though, isn't it? To protect their because, safety. Yeah, you, you can have a jockey who gets one ride a day and you can have a jockey who rides in multiple group races uh, over and over again. Exactly. You, you, you know, the scale is very different. The, the, the one level playing field uh, move that you can make is disqualification. And we heard in the week, oh. Brand, that disqualification oh. is now uh, potentially in the frame for whip offences. Uh, I know we're going to get the announcement on Tuesday, but if disqualification is going to be considered for... Um, breaches of the whip offence, which doesn't endanger any horse or jockey, surely you should be considering it for interference, which does endanger horses and jockeys. So the provision is already there in the rules, Sean, uh, to... Only for dangerous riding, Brandon. You know that we never dangerous apply ride. dangerous exactly. riding. So, so I, I mentioned just earlier that we have a very high bar for dangerous riding. Now, the, the principle of disqualification, I think, has been well articulated by Matt in that there are significant consequences. When but you, you do it for the whip, potentially. Well, in, term, in, term, in terms of the whip, uh, there's been some commentary during the, the media this week. I'm not, I'm not, it's not appropriate for me to be commenting on what the, the outcomes of the recommendations will be. It's not wrong, We've, though, is it, the speculation? No, what I'm saying is that th there's been a steering group brought together. This hasn't been a BHA process um, in terms of the decision-making. This has been a a process facilitated by the BHA. The industry has come together to come up with a suite of recommendations and they complement each other. So on Tuesday, when uh, the report's released, uh, everyone will be able to see that suite of recommendations and understand in terms of context how that is all going to work together um, to address uh, the views of the steering group um, that came, came from that consultation. So... Disqualification, I think Matt's explained it well, is a very serious road to take when you're talking about race results, you're talking about the, the effect on, on punters, uh, uh, gamblers, etc. So, uh, you know, disqualification should only be applied in the most serious circumstances. When you say the industry 
has come together to decide these whip. I mean, yeah. <laughs> exactly how many people in the industry? I thought it was a it was a group of people, but is it the whole it's, industry? It's a well, it's I a didn't, group of people. I didn't decide that. what you've you're going to dish out on Tuesday, so I didn't. I'm, I mean, I may not count as part of the industry, but I'm, I feel I'm a bit of it. You, you were invited to contribute, well, and I'm I did. Very, but, okay. but well, uh, well, exactly, Matt. So you know, we, so we received. Ignored. Um, that's we fine. We received more than two thousand. <laughs> Yeah, OK, so 2,000 people. Can I just ask you some general questions about the whip, which, which have nothing to do with what was leaked this week? Um, firstly, have you designed a whip that doesn't hurt a racehorse? Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not in a position to be able to comment on the recommendations. Well, no, it's, 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 that's a simple... Have we designed... Does it hurt a racehorse or does it not hurt a racehorse? Surely the BHA refer, know that. If we refer back to the uh, Horse Welfare Board's... Uh, strategic plan back in 2020, they were quite clear that, that, that there was a view that there was a perception issue in relation to the, okay, the whip. So, and OK, Brant, so, so I'm going to take the answer that we have designed a whip that doesn't hurt a racehorse. Um, you've gone on to the perception. Um, can I ask a second bit? Is the whip a welfare issue, in your opinion? I don't, it doesn't have to be the BHA. Is the, whole, is the whip a welfare issue? In my opinion, the, the, the whip is an important tool certainly for safety. OK, so it's and not a welfare now, issue. It doesn't hurt the racehorse. On that basis, why are you afraid of a jockey using it? Matt, I'm, I'm perhaps best saying to you that you should wait until Tuesday to read all the recommendations uh, do, that do the you, steering group have put, put together. Do you remember Hartchibald? Brad, I'm not sure if you were here there, but you must have probably seen the Hartchibald Brave Inca champion hurdle, where where Paul Carberry comes. Basically, what the BHA are telling us is, we like Archibalds, but we don't like brave Incas in this game. Because we all know that in a finish, a horse responding to a professional jockey using the pro cush, which doesn't hurt the horse and is not a welfare issue, that horse could be hit with the pro cush 5, 10, 15, 20 times. And in a finish, that horse will be loving it because it's, it's, it's bred to do exactly what it's doing. What we are telling the people is that we don't want horses like that in our sport, and yet the only reason we can come up with that is perception. Now, we've just spent nearly two million quid on a footballer telling us to go racing. Why haven't we spent nearly two million quid educating the public that the whip doesn't hurt, it's not a welfare issue, and we love the fact that the racehorses who are bred to race respond to the shillelagh because that is what they're bred to do and it has no effect on them at all other than to help them run faster. Why are we not spending two million quid on that rather than a footballer telling people to come racing? Uh, if you wait till Tuesday, you can read all about it. And that will address many of the, the issues that you're raising. It is a thorough, comprehensive report. It's taken us, you know, 18 months, the steering group, to come together with these recommendations. And it has been done in a thoughtful, um, considered and very structured way. Final question on the No, 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 I'm going to stop you there. No, I've got, you, I've got to stop you there. Why? Uh, Brand, thank you for your time. Oh. Appreciate that. OK, You're so I'll ask well, you the question, Thanks, if I'm not the last to ask Brant. We sure. need to take what a break. Is, no, I, we can go for a break in a minute. What's the difference? How can you have a rule that covers a champion jockey... Go on. ..who uses the whip in a finish, yeah. is trained... You can do this all you like, Sean, but the people at home actually care about this, even if you don't. That how do you compare an apprentice jockey making their debut on a race course who can hardly use the whip and barely touches the horse with the whip 
with a champion jockey. How can you have one rule that covers those two jockeys? Just tell me, answer the question. So you think an apprentice jockey uses the whip with exactly the same force as a champion jockey? Yes or no? That's a ridiculous question. I'll answer it then. I'll, you can't answer it because you know you don't have an answer, which is even sadder. <laughs> it's of course. So that is why that rule is not fit for purpose. It serves no purpose because it has no purpose in this sport. It's ridiculous. We'll be back after this. Got to answer the question, surely. Welcome back. We've all had a stiff drink and uh, we're going to press on with the rest of racing debate here on Sky Sports Racing. Uh, what are you doing next Tuesday morning? Oh, uh, we, a week Tuesday or this Tuesday? This Tuesday coming. I shall be in Ravenna in Italy. Oh, that's a shame because you should be getting yourself down to the BHA to ask all those questions. Don't think they're going to be opening the door to me. Funny enough, Matt, would you like to? No, no one at the BHA would like to speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> we will see uh, what pans out on Tuesday. Let's move on. I'm delighted to say that we're joined by Asheen Murphy, uh, who is um, taking part in a bit of a challenge, which we'll, we'll come to that in, a, in, in a moment, Asheen. Um, blimey. Um, <laughs> where are you? I'm at a uh, eventing competition in Leicestershire. Um, so I'm sat in the living of the horse lorry uh, doing this interview. Nice. Is that your horse lorry? No, it's not. No, my cousin is uh, has a couple of horses here, Very good. and uh, I'm I'm the groom, so I'm enjoying it. Good man. Um, just on the on the eventing and the show jump. Last time I was in touch with you on the on the phone, you were going great guns at Hickston. Then the next thing I heard, you'd had a bit of a crash. What, what happened? Yeah, I fell off in the main arena, and uh, the bridle came off the horse, and it was one of the most embarrassing experiences you could imagine. I had to walk out there on foot, and it wasn't the way it was meant to be. You were going well, though, weren't you, before that? Yeah, she, she, I have been going OK. Uh, I try hard, and I've got nice horses. Um, but you never want that to happen, and particularly on a big occasion. The show jumping, Asheen, is that something you're doing because you've got this time uh, now where you're for, this forced time off? Or, or has it always been a bit of a passion of yours? I love show jumping and I wanted to be a show jumper when I was a boy growing up. Uh, fortunately, I stayed small and when I was about 15, I uh, began on the path of trying to be an apprentice. Um, in last summer, I managed to buy a few show jumpers and it's progressed a little bit since then. But very much it's a hobby. I'd like to be a good amateur if I can. And uh, hopefully I can get back racing next year and, and focus on that. And, and the show jumping will take its own course. There was, a, there was a time when you'd have been a bigger star as a show jumper. Back yeah. then. That's how old I am, I can I, remember. I mean, look, he plays it down. He says, I want to be an amateur. I mean, if he really went into this, I think he, he could be on the world stage without any problem at all as a show jumper. Ashin, um, when, when you were at Royal Ascot, etc., cetera, for, for Sky, uh, there were people who were saying, you know, why, why is he putting himself out like this? You know, he should be basically stuck where you are now in a box, just sat there for a year and, <laughs> and, and come back. Um, is the show jumping sort of filling that, that void? Because I think what we all felt when you get such a big ban and you're a, you're a top athlete is how do you get a buzz? How, how do you fill the void? What do you do? Has, has the show jumping really been the thing that's almost getting you through the year? It's giving you that, that buzz in some ways. Yeah, it's very different. Uh, it's not the same sort of trailer exhilaration you would experience, obviously, winning group ones. Uh, but I'm appreciative of it, and I love horses, that's the bottom line. 
I love riding in general, whether that's uh, trotting down the road or jumping fences or riding in big races um, abroad. It's it's all the same to me. Um, and yeah, it's, it's giving me uh, an outlet and something to do. I obviously have uh, counselling every week and I've got my own kind of things going on with riding for the disabled. I was at Inspire Polo uh, event yesterday with Freddie Talicki, which is a spinal injury charity. We had a few hours there and it was very nice. And I'm actually very busy, thank God. P- people are really helpful with, with filling my schedule and, um, and the time is passing quickly. Good. Um, in terms of um, what we were just discussing, I don't know how much of our discussion with Brant Dunshay you were able to hear, Asheen, but a point that Matt raised is that the stewarding of the sport is one thing, but race riding is in the hands of the jockeys themselves. Uh, do you and your colleagues sense any of that, that, that there's a feeling that maybe we need to get things in order, that things are happening that shouldn't be happening out on the race course? Um, perhaps, uh, Matt and Sean, I... I I've felt like in recent months there's been a big focus on interference and obviously the reasons for that is because there has been some interference in big races. Um, you know, it's never something I like uh, to discuss and particularly reason being if the best horses won the race and I wouldn't change the result, um, then I, I feel like, oh, you know, obviously the sanctions need to be imposed but really move on from it. It's terrible when it drags on and on and people remember the horse races for the wrong reason. And also, just for the, for the average uh, race goer that goes racing once a year or whatever, they don't understand all this interference rule and rules, and it, it makes the sport a little bit more difficult for them to break down. That's an interesting thought which um, hadn't occurred to me. What about the, um, the way that you riders respond to each other, Asheen, in a, in a stewards? We saw one from Newmarket the other day, didn't we, Frankie and uh, Ray Dawson? Where, and we, we see this all the time, Asheen, where... To me, as an observer, it seems like nobody wants to sort of blame the other guy. Everyone's very sort of calm and very kind of, well, you know, it could have been this way, it could have been that way, rather than really fighting your corner. Is that, is that something that you just do for each other because it balances out in the long run, or what's the story there? Sometimes, but I've been in inquiries where uh, the other jockey has really gone for me. Obviously, I lost the uh, Commonwealth Cup for Archie Watson and, and Dragon Symbols Connections. Um, in, in a steward's inquiry with Frankie. And, uh, you know, the, these sort of things um, play out. And look, uh, I, I obviously wish there was never a need for a steward's inquiry, but sometimes horses drift um, all over the track. And, and other times you've made a riding error uh, and you've moved and, and, and should have taken more corrective measures. Um, but these are big animals uh, and large beasts you're, you're controlling. And um, no, I'm not making excuses for riders causing interference. Um, but at the, at the lower level, uh, particularly sometimes in the early stages of a race, you're not, you're not certain um, that you're always causing uh, interference to other horses. And remember how undulating our tracks are. Uh, if you think Newmarket, Rowley, Mile, July course, you're up and down. The contours of the track, uh, Goodwood is another one. Horses are naturally going to roll around. And actually, often the reason you get a run in a race and things open up is because horses move about. And um, sometimes you can be a little bit unlucky uh, when, when it comes to Stuart's inquiries, you know. Okay, interesting stuff. Now, listen, Asheen, uh, this, time, this time next weekend, uh, we are live. It's about half 11 on Sunday morning. This time next weekend, we'll be coming to the end of a 24 hour 
challenge. You uh, will have been riding a bicycle for 23 and a half hours, or a large part of it. Are you ready? Are you all set for the Racing Welfare Cycle Challenge? Yeah, I'm fit. Uh, I'm not a very natural cyclist. Uh, the stopping and taking my feet out of the pedals uh, is an issue. I, I tend to fall over, um, but hopefully I won't have to stop too regularly. And uh, yeah, it's it's a good team. I've got you, uh, Vanessa, and uh, and Rosie um, to to uh, cheer me up and, and try and keep going. Um, look, obviously, AP is doing it as well, and uh, I'd encourage anybody to, if they can still get involved. Uh, to do so, and it's for a fantastic cause. Yeah, you know, if, we're we're trying to raise money, um, and we're we're doing well. Um, but every pound is is really appreciated. Yeah, it is indeed. Um, Asheen, myself, Rosie Tapner, and Vanessa is our team captain, by the way. So you have to do whatever Vanessa says, Asheen. During she's um, the boss. She is the boss, and, and I think we're going to find that out over over 24 hours. I'm a bit disappointed that Matt's not in your team, presumably. Yeah, he was just struggling uh, with the cycling pack. He's uh, been exercising hard, but um, long distances uh, is an issue for him. I think he's a short runner. One thing's for sure, Boise, Lycra suits me a lot better than it does Ashin. I can tell you that much. Well, we'll have to take your word for that, <laughs> won't we? Um, because unfortunately, I can tell you that much. He's not built for Lycra, are you, Ash? No, got to, no, we've got to quickly mention, because we're going to speak to him in a moment. I, I know, on the one hand, You'll have been gutted to see alcohol-free yesterday. But I know equally, on the other hand, you'll have absolutely been thrilled for Hornby and the horse. It, it was some win. Yeah, uh, Rob won two group ones in 24 hours. It's the stuff of dreams. And uh, he's been riding brilliant for a couple of years. But to get on these better horses is what you need for your career to take off. What a training performance by Andrew. You know, she was a little bit disappointing at Sandown. Um there was probably some question marks. Will this filly ever bounce back to her best? And that was a very, very good performance. On, a, on fast ground, uh, back over six furlongs, I won a group one on her two, the Shigley Park. She won two group ones last year. And, and to win another really important race, the July Cup is fantastic. I mean, for, real full credit to everyone at Kingsclear, but Andrew and Jeff Smith for keeping her in training and, and getting her back to her best. Yes. And I'm, I'm sure she will be available for the ride at a future date. Uh, look, well done, uh, uh, Sheen. I'll, I'll, I'll see you down at Cheltenham at the weekend. Brilliant. I look forward to it, John. Asheen Murphy, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing Asheen Murphy, but uh, not to riding a bicycle for the best part of 12 hours or whatever it's going to be, day and night. You can support our team and all the other teams. Get along to the Racing Welfare website. Do check that out. Singing the praises there of Rob Hornby. And Rob Hornby will be joining us live after the break. Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. Lots of you getting in touch via emails and tweets. John agrees with you about the whip, but says you shouldn't use terms like shillelagh, use terms like pro-cush and I use stuff like this. Well, I use both. If, you, if, it, if it doesn't hurt, it doesn't matter what it's called. I would take issue with you on, on the hurt thing. I think I, I, none of us knows for sure in, in, in every single situation. What we do know is that the, the Procrush stick has been engineered not to physically harm the animal. And if it is in full working order and not damaged or anything, then that should certainly be the yeah. case. And certainly horses aren't marked the way Look, they used to be. Sean, despite what 
might have appeared earlier in the show. You and I are absolutely on the same hymn sheet here. We, we both went up to Parliament a few years ago, um, uh, and we both think the same thing. Uh, just on alcohol-free, I think we're about to speak to Rob Hall. We are. I did speak to Andrew Boarding uh, yes. before I came on air, just to double-check she's all OK. She is. Good. Is she going to try and do a chief singer who went July Cup to Sussex Stakes? Yeah. And the answer to that is... Yes. Why not? She is absolutely going straight to the Sussex Stakes next. Um, if, and if we had more time, we could talk about whether she has quite received the credit she should. Look, give, you know, as so she, she goes there. Three old... Real congratulations to the staff at home because she's yeah. tricky in her box. Um, and I asked Boarding for two words to describe our next guest. Right. And the two words Andrew Boarding used to describe that bloke in the screen there were talented and reliable. That's not bad. That's not bad. Talented and reliable. We'll take that. How are we feeling today, Rob? Yeah, morning, Sean. Morning, Matt. Um, fantastic. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a crazy two days, really, and, um, yeah, just thrilled. I mean, it's very, very kind words from, from my first boss in racing, really. Let's get straight into the celebrations. Um, you said they wouldn't be alcohol-free. At this minute, you look absolutely OK, but... Underneath the persona is the head absolutely banging. <laughs> uh, n nothing a cold shower won't sort out. No, it was um, no, it was lovely actually. I came came back home to Shropshire. Um, didn't wasn't too wasn't too much. Just um, just met it with some family friends and, and my cousins and my my mum and my brother. It was um, yeah, it was a, a lovely evening and nice to you know watch the race back and reflect and um, and take it all in really. We're just seeing the, the Top Jock We Love You banner that greeted you on your, on your way back up the drive there, Rob. The timing of this has been amazing from a, from a story point of view, from the, the, the media's and the racing public's point of view, because we had the whole Westover saga, of course, of you, you riding him in the derby, then we take you off and having to sit and watch him win the Irish derby by a street. And you might have had to wait months or even years for the, the, the sort of couple of days that you've had, but it's, it's come so quickly... On the, on the heels of that. From our point of view, it makes for a great story, but it must have been a bit of a roller coaster for you the last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everything that's gone on, you know, this year particularly, it's been, um, you know, a fantastic year for myself to, to be riding these horses in, in such big races. Even, you know, being narrowly defeated in a thousand guineas was, um, was obviously kind of the start of, of the whole roller coaster, I, I feel. And, um, yeah, from what what's gone on from on from then on, it's been um, it's been been crazy, really. But um, yeah, for it to have changed and turned turned around like it like it has done in the last kind of twenty four hours is um, something you could, I could never imagine myself. And um, you know, just extremely grateful for everyone involved giving me these opportunities. You know, it's um, it's all very well having rides in, in group ones and having opportunities in the at the top level but it's you know these these races are championship races and they're very very difficult to win and mm. you know to go on to go on have two in two days is just um is something i could never have imagined rob was that we've done westover to death we don't need to carry on about westover anymore um but when scope passed away in a very sort of similar period of time to the westover stuff was there a moment one of those evenings where you just sat in a dark room and thought, this is, this is just the end almost. Yeah, I think, especially with the, the news of Scope, you know, after 
and it's all very well being taking off horses or, or, or different riding arrangements for, for different people it is, is one thing but when you actually you know lose lose a horse that has been so significant in my career giving me my first group one you know there's there's, there's never going to be that opportunity again you know you know been jogged off horses and things that can be that can be changed and turned around but um yeah unfortunately scope scope had a fatal injury and, and he's not with us anymore so um you know when something like that happens there is nothing you can do it's out of your control and it was um it was a testing couple of weeks anyway it was um my mum's my mum calls it character building <laughs> Well, a moment like that is, is challenging and potentially character-building, but it has turned around. Do you feel, in the, in the wake of this week, Rob, that you know, you're, you're from that balding academy, and fitting, really, that one horse was balding, the other is Rafe Beckett, who's been a champion of yours, and, and, and your strike rate with him is, is excellent. Do you now feel, after, after a bit of a, a, a time you know, chiselling away, this is now your time? It's arrived? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a lot of support from some fantastic trainers and owners um you know and, and just one thing is so significant is that you know riding two group one winners for two of the most influential people in my career at the moment and you know especially to to ride a, a group one winner for, for andrew boarding and for for kingsclear parkhouse stables where it all begun really uh, kind of 11 years ago now is 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 just so special it's 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 very hard for you know People not in my position to realise that that how um, how much these these days mean to to a jockey, you know, who that's where it all began, and um, you know the boarding family have been fantastic to me from day one, giving me a, a lot of support, and then you know how the relationship with with Rafe Beckett has has developed and blossomed um, inside, you know, within the last th three or four years, um, you know, you, you're competing at the the top level but you're also doing your job to to have this success so um you know when when um when days like this you know really work out it's um it's very important for for everyone involved rob final question i rang my mum today and said we've got rob hornby on because i knew she'd enjoy listening to you you rang your mum to say that you had two rides in two group races, group one races close together. And it really hit home to me. I thought that it was the most influential thing that you've almost ever said, I think, that it really hit home to me that we rather blase talk about, oh, so-and-so's got a group one ride, so-and-so. But for you guys who don't always pick up group ones, this was, even though one was against a one-to-eight shot, so you couldn't really <laughs> think you were going to win the Falmouth, in all honesty, um, an alcohol-free is a 14-to-1 shot. But it meant so much just to get those chances at the top level. And perhaps we don't appreciate quite how much it does mean to jockeys on the up. Yeah, it's just so important. Um, you know, it's so important to, um, to, to keep, you know, developing your career, really, and your, your business at the end of the day. And, um, you know, these, these successes are hugely important. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of my close family and friends that, actually, that you know, do really realise how, how um, you know, how much this, this means to, to, to myself and um, to, to everyone involved. It was actually, it was funny. I, I rang mum on the way home and she says, oh, I was watching the wrong horse. Uh, apologies, apologies. Um, we do have to let Rob go. Um, thanks for that, Rob. Uh, be assured, lots and lots of people are uh, celebrating your success. I think it's Big fair gun. to say. Back after this.
Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. It's a hot one today, that's for sure. Uh, your emails and tweets are welcome. Uh, activity on the email today. A few responses coming through during the show, actually, to things we've said. Uh, Philip French says you can dress it up any way you want. Disqualification will rapidly bring poor riding to an end, simply because owners and trainers won't use jockeys who can't or won't ride inside the rules. Um, uh, many would agree with you. Smart Prescott, I think, is in your camp, although maybe that was on the whip for Prescott. But um, that's the ultimate penalty, and it would sort it out overnight. Yeah. But I just I don't want disqualifications. You, you hope we can do it with penalties. I, I would I'm hope, skeptical. I would hope discussions with the jockeys more yeah. because if they have had discussions, clearly they have not worked. That that's the route I would go down, Sean. But it looks I think I fear as though we're beyond that already. To be honest, discussion doesn't work though, does it? Because in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about. Can I win and will I keep the race? And, and the answer well, that is, case, the penalties. is yes and yes. I think for me, look, I had to put my faith in this whip review group. Um, I had no say myself. Well, you don't know what's in it yet. So yeah, but might on the leased documents, it appears that that whip review group have decided disqualification is a good idea. It would have been the last thing on earth I would ever have put forward myself. But I, I relied on other people, Sean. The interesting thing, if that disqualification disqualification for whip abuse comes in but not for interference we're going to have a situation where we're going to say you deserve disqualifying for going a few over for the whip but not for endangering other riders and people 59 percent of betting turnovers carried out by one percent of punters uh, yes it is uh, david robinson uh, and he says should we agree not to rock the boat I, I, I wouldn't say that we do need to be mindful though of the reality of yeah. where we are also we're going to put a show together about money in betting accounts that isn't being paid back to punters. We've had a massive response. We're going to get all that stuff together. We're going to do a proper show on with Yeah, it needs, it needs a proper run-up, that restrictions, affordability, all that stuff. Yeah. Be looked at in a bit more detail. That's it for today, though. Thanks for watching.